welcome to new life ag podcast and for our first podcast who better to have as our guest than our senior pastor sister stubbs thank you sister for joining us uh, we are excited to have you on this podcast 38 years since the church began with four members in your home can you describe that journey to us in a few words thank you thank you so much suraj and i am just excited and honored to be part of this first podcast and it would be my delight to share the story with you about the journey so far my only problem is i'm not sure i can keep it to just a few words we'll see how that goes as with all good stories it begins with a person and it started on a hot summer afternoon when pastor had gone to the sukunderbad post office where a man approached him and said to him i don't know who you are i don't know if you're a businessman or a tourist but my wife and i need spiritual help well pastor took his name his address and the next day we went to their home and by god's grace we were able to lead them to accept the lord jesus christ as their savior Then the problem was where to tell them to go to church. We knew they needed to get settled in a good Bible-believing church, but we also wanted a church where they would be it would be a spirit-filled church where they would hear about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and have that opportunity to be filled with the spirit of God. And as we were praying about what to do, where to send them, the Lord kind of dropped a bombshell into our hearts. He said you start one well we obeyed and that's how the next sunday four of us that was just our family at that time met in our home that was our first service the next week our attendance doubled because the family joined us and there were seven of us we realized that our living room was not a suitable place to have a at least a long term uh church so we began to search pastor approached the management of hotel karan and he asked if we could rent every sunday their conference room and the manager said no he said you'll have all kind of riffraff coming and you know my husband assured him no we won't have people like that and he he convinced the manager to give us a 6 week trial period well that 6 weeks stretched actually to 4 years we were there in that conference room for 4 years and uh the first sunday we had 14 people we doubled again and uh it was just amazing the as d- the months and even the years went by to see what god was going to do we that actually little that little room only seated 75 or that's what they had said it seated but we by the end of 4 years had 150 people crammed into that room every sunday and then the manager came and he said we're going to uh reconfigure those that room we're going to make it small rooms well of course that meant we had to leave and that was the time when god graciously uh laid it on uh brother kotak's heart to allow us to use his car workshop apex motors every sunday So we started meeting there. We were so nervous the first Sunday leaving an air-conditioned conference room and coming to a car workshop. Who would come? But you know, because it was larger and there was room, the church immediately began to grow. And by the time 
We left there three years later. We had over 300 people. But again, moving day came because the owner of that land uh, had other purposes for that. And even Brother Kotak had to shift his workshop and we had to move as well. That's when the Lord led us to Millennium Garden. We were so fascinated by that old theater. It was a former theater built by the British over 100 years before. And it was kind of a neat building. But when we went inside, oh my goodness, it was so dirty. And it was all these old broken down chairs, theater chairs. And the walls, you know, were so dirty. The corners and the floors covered with pawn and chewing gum. And But we saw the potential. We, It had a stage, a real stage, and it had a balcony. And, we, you know, we were excited. So we had a cleanup day, and people came. And we, uh, of course, we tore out all the old seats, and we painted. My particular job was I had a big screwdriver, and I... Uh, dug and chiseled and scraped getting chewing gum off the floor. But we managed to get it cleaned up. We had to put lights in. Uh, it, it, was, it was just so exciting when we began to meet there. And that was really the beginning of the great growth that we saw as a church. We literally expanded our tent to the right and to the left because we opened up the, the doors on either side and people would be sitting out, out on the left and out on the right. Of course, eventually we built a patio and then later we extended the patio. We covered it to keep the sun out and then the uh, owners built some sheds and we began to use the sheds. We, we used every available space. How did the church grow so rapidly? And we really credit that to the fact that we begin our carousel ministry there in Millennium Garden. And as we expanded our leadership base and, and we had the, all those carousel leaders helping and reaching out in their communities and the ripples of the good news of the gospel were going out, more and more people began to come in. It was just an exciting, you know, that was, it was an old theater, but it became holy ground, Millennium Garden. And, you know, God did so many wonderful things there over the years. But, of course, again, the situation came where it was just too small. There, you know, no matter how we crammed, we just couldn't get everybody in because attendance had gone up from hundreds to thousands. And uh, we just needed a bigger space. So we began to pray and we began to look. I was looking back through some of Pastor's notes recently. And, and th at that time, uh, he said, I, I have... Uh, gone to a hundred and not a hundred to 83 properties and uh, you know searched and he I know he'd gone to some after that as well looking for land but before he could find the the land that we were praying for God took him home and we, you know, I, I know when that happened, there was that big question about what's going to happen to the church. I, there were people that said, no, that's the end of New Life Assembly. But of course, what's built on the Lord Jesus Christ, it doesn't end with a person. So the Lord laid it on our heart to just keep looking. And with the help of our wonderful search committee, we found land. And the next decade then that was, was just that a time of miracle after miracle of provision because we had to raise funds, we had to buy the property, which of course was expensive. And then we had to raise funds to build the church. And I, it's just, I, the, my few words will not be able to tell that big story, but I just want to say to God be the glory, great things He has done. It, it's just amazing to me when I look back 
to see the goodness of God, the provision of God, and the increase that God has given to the church over these 38 years. Thank you for taking us through that journey, sister. I picture the church as a ship and we've sailed through different weather conditions and in every season, the Lord's hand has been evident. How has the pandemic been for the church? I, I so appreciate that phrase you said, Suraj. The Lord has been with us in every season and how we've seen that this year uh, has been an unusual year and a very difficult year. But I want to just take you back for just a moment to the earlier days of our church. You know, the devil never wanted this church to be established. And we, we found ourselves facing a lot of um, persecution in the early days. While we were meeting in Apex Motors, we used to get at our home the most terrible threatening letters, uh, threatening to murder us if we came into the city threatening to kidnap our children from boarding school, threatening to uh, plant bombs in the church premises. Usually we never said anything to the people. We didn't want to frighten anyone, but we, uh, we spent a lot of time in prayer. We certainly learned to fast and to pray in a new way. But I just want to say that whatever the season, God is with us. And this year has been unique because not only did it affect our church, the whole world has been affected by this pandemic. And of course, I, I'm so thankful to the Lord because really we were prepared when this unusual time came. Because we had started live streaming our services several years ago and we were plugged into various social media, for this I need to say thank you to our wonderful media team because they had to push and pull me into the social media media era. I, uh, you know, I'm kind of old school and I thank you for patiently and lovingly insisting that we had to join in. Because when the unprecedented lockdown came, I mean, we'd never faced anything like that before, ever. And we actually literally had to close the doors of our, of our lovely church building. We were ready because we knew what to do. We already had the systems in place. Even though the building was closed, beloved, there was never one Sunday when the church didn't meet. We know the church is the body of believers. And from that very first Sunday when the lockdown was imposed, we had services. Now, our media team had to gear up a notch or two because with everything being done in the homes and by Zoom, it was quite challenging. But I am so proud of our people, how everyone rose to the occasion. They just did what needed to be done so that we could have services. You know, not just the uh, media team. Uh, our Sunday school teachers, they began... Uh, videoing and, and so that we had something to put online for our children. And our youth, they had more services during those lockdown days and more young people connecting with Youth Alive than they did pre-pandemic. 
And of course, our care cells, my, my, how they've risen to the occasion. I mean, thank the Lord for our care cell ministry because they were connecting almost daily, many of them daily, with the members in their cells. Many of them had prayer meetings every single day. The leaders had meetings every single day. And you know, I think one of the most difficult things this last year was uh, during these this last few months when the second wave, as they have been terming it, came. And we were actually more personally affected as a church, meaning more of our people became sick. And we lost some of our precious members, which was such a heartbreak. And that, was, that has been really, I think, our most difficult time. But again, the Lord has planted people and planted in our heart what, what to do. And of course, we have prayed like never before. We have fasted. We have had those, that 24-hour prayer chain. And now we're still in a period of two-hour prayer meeting uh, church-wide every uh, Saturday. And the Lord has just, you know, when you have a situation like this, when it's a time of crisis, you have new challenges. But beloved, you have new opportunities. And I think we have learned that. We have learned how to hang on to God in times of difficulty. And I just believe that we have grown spiritually and we have grown in a fellowship and love with one another during these difficult days. I compared the church to the ship and I'm continuing the analogy. With your guidance as our captain, we have sailed this far. Where do you think we are going next? What, what's God's guidance for us? I like your analogy of the church as a ship, but I do need to make one important correction. I am not the captain. I, I hope I'm the first mate, but we know that Jesus is the captain of this vessel. And we give all honor and glory to our precious Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, and the one who said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I do want to talk for a moment about our vision. It's actually the same as it has been from the beginning, and that is to build up the body of Christ so that we can reach out to the unsaved, to the unreached, to the unloved. There is such a need outside. We're not building ourselves up to build, make the church look beautiful. We want to reach out. And I, you know, I think it's good that we look back because it's a blessing to see where God has led us, how he's brought us along. That's a good thing. But we do need to be careful that we don't try to live in the past. Some people just want to camp there. They're kind of like Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is great up here. Let's just build a tabernacle. Let's just stay here. God wants us to move on, to move forward. In any journey, you will never reach your destination unless you go forward. And that's what God has really been speaking to me about in the last few weeks. I have been so touched uh, meditating on the 14th chapter of Exodus. And this tells the story of the children of Israel in a crisis time. They're standing on the banks of the Red Sea, 
looking out in terror at the approaching armies of Pharaoh. And of course, they begin to cry out to Moses and he cries to God. But verse 15 is to me so pivotal. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the children of Israel to move forward. That's a phrase I love. Move forward. I'm afraid that there's been a bit of paralysis that has set in. I feel that way a little bit in my spirit. Even though they've lifted protocols here, uh, we don't even have to wear masks here where we are right now. But I find that if I go to the grocery store, I'm not so safe. I felt a little bit safe behind that mask. I, you know, we, we get a little bit, uh, we're cautious and with good reason, I'm sure. But I just want to say, be careful that we don't become uh, lazy. You know, I like coming to church in my pajamas. I don't have to get dressed up and I don't have to travel. It's, we can get so comfortable. And let us look to the Lord and say, Lord, what is your will to, for us to move forward? How can we accomplish what you want to have us do? You know, the children of Israel, they were on their way to the promised land. I believe that just like they had battles to fight, we still have battles to fight. There are still souls to be saved. There are still uh, enemies to be defeated. There is still territory to be conquered. And to do that, we have to be moving. We have to be moving forward. May God help us to fulfill His purpose by moving forward in Him. Thank you for sharing that vision, sister. Church, as we know, are individuals more than a building or a location. And how can we as individuals be part of this vision? What do you envision in our lives individually? How important this question is. You know, if you're not engaged in the vision, all of you, then really there is no vision because there is no church. All of us, all of us, each one of us is vitally important to the work of the kingdom and certainly to the work of New Life Assembly of God Church. Our mission is to fulfill the Great Commission. You know what that is. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Now, I, I'm afraid that often we think that word go is for somebody else, not for me. <laughs> Lord, let the pastors go. Uh, let the carousel leaders go. Uh, let somebody else that's more talented than me or, you know, is able to preach or able to sing or able to preach. But the word is for all believers, go. And I, I just think the, go, the Lord does have uh, something for each one of us. I, I just listed three things that I think we need to have. First of all, we need to get on fire. And this is what we are earnestly praying Lord, revive the church. We need to get brought alive in Christ in a new and a special way. Because once you're filled with the revival fire of God, I am telling you, you won't be able to sit still. 
you will be raring to go. You will be wanting to witness. You'll be looking for someone to share with because you're on fire. So that's the first thing. I'm just praying that the fire of God will come upon each one of us. The second thing is we need to get equipped. Some of you don't feel uh, ready. You think, my goodness, I wouldn't know what to say. Uh, I don't know what to do. And we can help you with that. For one thing, we are starting a new batch for our India College of Ministry. If you weren't in the last batch, uh, you can be equipped, trained. We'll train you in the Word and in the things that will help you to know how to speak and how to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's important to be equipped. But I think the last one is the most important. You just have to get busy. If you're not involved right now, beloved, find something to do. People think that if a church is large, they don't need helpers. There's, they've already got lots of people. I can't tell you how needy we always are. How we're, we are always looking for volunteers. We're always looking for helpers because the task is so great. We have so many things and we're getting ready to, to launch into our full programs. We want to have our full regular Sunday school classes, our Youth Alive. We, we want to get uh, engaged again as much as possible uh, on site. And for that, we're going to need all hands on deck. We need people that are willing to help that are ready. If you're not involved in a care cell, beloved, this is a good time to join as well because they'll help you. For one thing, one of the things that they do is they go on mission trips. If you want to go, this is a good starting point. Uh, the Lord will, it's, it's like a, a small step to help you to find a way to, wit, to be a witness and to be a blessing. One of the things in our church vision uh, statement that we had was to uh, be a blessing or to help the community. And I'm so thankful that we have been able to do that this past year. Uh, during COVID, we have, uh, my, oh, we've helped with, we've, we've helped with food and groceries and, and, you know, not just in our church, all over India and to the pastors around the city. And then lately we've been helping with medicines and oxygen. And we have found ways to connect with the need of people. And I just believe that God is going to open up those areas as well for us in new and unexpected ways. There will always be something for you to do because the need is great. And I believe that God has called each one of you to minister to him in a very special way. May God bless you as you move forward into the vision that God lays on your heart. I want to conclude this session by saying that we really miss you and we cannot wait for you to be back here. Thank you, Pastor Suraj. I just, I, I, I miss you so much and I'm getting a little bit uh, uh, restless. You know, I anticipated being here just a few months when I left last year in March because of course none of us understood what was going to happen with COVID. But you do have to understand that I am bound by uh, rule, visa rules, I have to get a new visa. And the Indian government actually, when you go on the website, they're only giving right now emergency vi uh, visas. I think you're aware of that, mostly for family members who need to connect with their family in India and so forth. So uh, I have been in, 
you know, just biding my time and saying, Lord, you, you open the door in your time and in your will. But I, I said to someone very recently <laughs> on the phone, I said, you know, I really cannot come back to India until they lift the uh, protocols as such as social distancing, because I don't want to come back until we're allowed to hug each other, because I'm so excited to see you that I, I can't imagine coming back and just having to elbow bump or just stand six feet away. I want to be able to just put my arms around you and love you. I miss you and I pray for you. And I just, I know the Lord has his hand upon each one of us. Thank you, Suraj, for letting me share today. It's been a joy. And may the Lord bless each one of you on your journey as we move forward in the will of God. Thank you, sister, for spending your time with us and sharing your heart out with us. We believe that we will travel with you into where the Lord is taking us moving forward. Thank you all for joining us for this podcast. We hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. God bless you.